We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. My name is Christian. I'm one of your hosts here, and I'm not alone this week as I am here with none other than Brother Rob. Brother Rob, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Excited to be back this week. Great, great. Well, unfortunately, we don't have uh, Brother Brandon with us. He is busy at the moment, but we look forward to when he can make his return. This is just a busy time of the year for him and his church as they have an annual corn maze that's really a big tradition over in, in his area that people love to go out and see and they give all glory to the Lord during that and witness to people. So we're glad that Brother Brandon can do that and reach out to his community. We're sad he can't be here tonight, but hey, uh, sometimes we get busy and it's been kind of a trend with us on the Faith 168 podcast lately that one of us is always busy during this time of the year. So, But I am glad to be here with Brother Rob. And uh, I don't know, Brother Rob, but you you have a you have fall festival coming up, don't you on on Saturday? Yeah, we're we're really excited about it. We have um, we're gonna have games and uh, food and, and bouncers and just have a, a really good time of, of fellowship. And I'm excited about it. And and it's really to to start off the celebration of what we hope that God's gonna do um, in revival uh, next week. Um, that is if we get to, to have the revival. Well, I'm excited because first off, I'm going to be at the fall festival and Hey, I might even be at that revival. Uh, I'll, I'll figure out if I can get there or not, (laughs) but, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried about the scheduling because I don't know if you've heard this, but the world is going to end on Saturday. I know. I know. I I was really looking forward to I was really looking forward to hearing what you were going to say, uh, what what God has to say to the church through you uh, at, at Revival, but I, I guess we're just going to have to miss it. But that's okay, because if Jesus is coming back, then I get to see him, and uh, no offense, brother, but uh, he's better than you are, and, and so I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't the first time, and, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, there, there is a trend on TikTok concerning the return of Christ on September 23rd. And uh, I, I've heard about this trend. I've heard people talking about it and people explaining it. And, and they're so convinced. And uh, while I will never, never uh, make light of the return of Christ, uh right. We, we've got to be careful in how we interpret scripture mm. and try and fit it to events around us because scripture stands on itself. It, it, mm. we, don't, we can't just drag things out that are happening around us and try and say, oh, well, well this kind of fits and, and try okay. and shove the puzzle piece into the puzzle because at the end of the day, when you do that, you're going to have a messed up picture and it's not really going to present what is actually there. And, and so what we're talking about is that NASA released this information 
about some of the constellations and some of the things happening in outer space uh, that we'll be able to see on the 23rd. And one of the big things happening is that there is going to be a comet that will be visible to us. And it is going to pass through the constellation Virgo or the Virgin. Uh, and it's going to, in a sense, as some people are making it, be like Virgo is giving birth. And people are ascribing that to Revelation chapter 12 and saying that, that that's going to happen. And at that same day, there's a scheduled uh, signing for a seven years of, of peace in the Middle East. And uh, then it's also on the day of the Feast of Trumpets. And so all of these things kind of line up and it, and it seems like a very good uh, showing of, of what's going on when you don't really look into it too well. But overall, I would say it's, it's a, a big stretch and we're going to talk a little bit about why we think it's a stretch and why I fully expect to be at Rob's uh, Fall Festival and get to participate in uh, a week of revival over yeah. at his church this coming week. But Rob, you, you've got a TikTok for us, don't you? I sure do. Let me get it started for us. So the Revelation 12 sign is literally happening next week. And they said that it happened in like 2016 or 2017, but that's not actually when it happened because there wasn't a comet named Child coming out of the woman. And there legitimately is going to be a comet coming out of her legs, which is just crazy. And I'm not an astrologer. I'm also not religious. So if you want to go look into it, just look at the hashtags because this is crazy. And not to mention the UN is literally signing a seven-year peace treaty on that day during the Feast of Trumpets, nonetheless. Like if all those aren't a sign of the times, I don't know what is. All right. There you go. She said it. And uh, the Bible says it. That, that settles it, right? It's done. Jesus is coming back on 23rd. No reason to record any more of this podcast. We're, we'll cancel next week's uh, since we won't be here. Uh, so, time yeah. Well, uh, what I find interesting, yeah, what I find interesting there is that this has already been predicted before a couple of years ago, like the same events all, all happening, right. except it wasn't happening because it didn't happen. Like Jesus didn't come back after uh, several of those things happened. And, and so the only difference in this event is the comment, which, which I, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem to be present. Uh, any understanding of a comment being present uh, in Revelation chapter 12. And, and here's what it says. And then, Rob, I'm going to ask you what, what you think about this. Uh, yeah. But in Revelation chapter 12, we, we've got verse 1 and 2 that we're going to read. And it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And so that's what it says in, in Revelation chapter 12. Uh, Brother Rob, do you see what this uh, TikToker is, is talking about and what so many other TikTokers are, are talking about right now? Yeah, so, so let's break this down for just a moment. So 
One thing we have to understand about the book of Revelation, and, and I know that this has already been mentioned, as, as we're going through the book of Revelation anyway on this podcast as we look at the letters to the seven churches, but um, there are more references to the Old Testament in the book of Revelation than there are actual verses in the book of Revelation. And so if you want to really understand the, the true meaning of Revelation, you really have to look to the Old Testament and, and get some understanding of the truths that, that we find here. And, and so where we find ourselves at in, mm-hmm. in chapter 12 is, is almost kind of in the middle. It's almost like a re, revamping uh, of an understanding of, of what's happening in uh, the world. And this is something, as we were talking about before, brother, you mentioned is that that when we look at this, we see stuff that's already happened. Um, and, and I think that's really an, important right. for us to consider here. Uh, and, and we'll get into that more in a minute. But just first, I want to just address this first uh, first verse. So a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Now, this isn't this isn't Robbie talking. This isn't what I've thought up. This is commentaries, biblical commentaries, and and guys who have studied this much much more than than I have. But um, looking at a, a commentary right now, this is this imagery calls back the the vision or the dream from Joseph. And if, if you know anything about Joseph, Joseph has a dream when he was. Uh, a younger man before he gets sold into to slavery uh, by his brothers, before he goes to Egypt, and before he uh, gets um, you know put into the the second highest position in all of the land, um, he has a dream, and in this dream, his brothers and his sister, I mean, his brothers and his mom and dad, they bow down and worship him. the The idea is that um, that one day they will. Uh, be humbled before his presence. We know that that happens when Joseph goes to Egypt. He becomes the second in the land and his brothers and his family have to come and they have to bow down to him because they don't recognize him. Um, but then uh, to in order to survive, in order to get food, they have to come to him and they have to bow down to him. But the symbolism goes far beyond that because there are very few people in the Bible um, that there's like no negative information about. Um, look at Moses. Yeah. We see that with with Moses, we have a, um, a, a time where he struck the rock um, when he wasn't supposed to. And because of that, because of that, um, that outburst of anger, He's not allowed into the promised land. Uh, another patriarch, a, a leader of the faith, um, a saint in the Old Testament, Abraham, we look to him and we see that, that he lies about his wife and he, um, he, he does things. He, he sleeps with his uh, wife's handmaiden to, to try to have a, a child outside of the will uh, and the ways, uh, direction of God. And so even like the the most holy Old Testament saints, the one that we look up to, 
they have sin and there's negative things talked about them, but there's not really a negative thing about Joseph. And the reason is, is because he's a, a symbol, a, a picture, a type of Christ. And, and so what we're seeing here is John is seeing these things happen in the heaven, but it's a, a picture of what has already happened. Um, and it, it's interesting, you know, the Israel is called the bride of God. Uh, in fact, Israel um, being the northern kingdom and Judah being the southern kingdom, God actually issues a decree of divorce at one point to Israel. Um, and, and so, but the imagery in the Old Testament throughout is, is God is the loving husband who takes Israel back over and over and over again. That's why we um, have a whole book uh, about a prophet who is told to go and marry a, a harlot. Um, and then she ends up doing what a harlot does but then he's told to go back and to take her back as, as his wife. And that's a picture of what God has done over and over and over for the, um, for the woman or for the bride, Israel. And that's exactly what's going on here. God, um, through his wife, through Israel, they've had a child. Um, that, that child, of course, is going to be the one in whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Um, and so even though Joseph wasn't perfect and he had sin, he was a type, he was a picture of the Christ to come. What Revelations is saying that now that that Christ has come, the woman in the, in the desert, the woman um, who was clothed in the sun with the moon under her feet, with these this crown of, of 12 stars and of course, 12 is a, a, a symbol of, or a number of God's people. Uh, there are 12 tribes of Israel. Um, the, the 12 tribes being on her head um, symbolizes um, the 12 tribes of Israel. This is Israel herself. And so uh, she was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. This is a, a, a beautiful picture of Israel giving up the Messiah. She's having the Messiah. And so Jesus is born. And so what a lot of people misunderstand from this is they're looking for something to happen that has already happened. And I think in order to truly get a sense yeah. of this, we have to keep reading. But before we keep reading, um, I'm going to pass it back over to you, brother, and, and let you... Um, let you share some stuff because not only because this is this is mind blowing and this is awesome. Not only um, can we back this up by scripture um, by going back and, and and looking at the Old Testament verses that it's drawing from, but we can also look to the stars themselves, can't we, brother? Yeah, yeah, uh, and. And I think one thing, too, we have to really understand when reading the Bible, we need to read it in context. It's it's mm -hmm. very easy to apply the context of our life, what we're right. going through or what we want to happen and make Scripture fit our context. But we need to look at the context of the Scripture. And, and I think you're completely right in saying 
that, you know, this isn't talking about necessarily a futuristic event, but, but an event that has already come to pass because you got to understand that John is looking literally through the eyes of God who is yeah. past, present, and future simultaneously. And so when God reveals stuff to people, oftentimes through scripture, what you see is the past, the present, and the future all That's at right. the same time. He shows people where they've been, where they're at, and where they're going. And so as we read through the book of Revelation, what we need to look for is what has already happened, what is presently happening either in John's time or even possibly our time and what has yet to happen. And I think the only thing that has yet to happen that we see in scripture is just the return of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's a, a, a reason why he hasn't come back. That is pretty plain in scripture. But before I, I go on, you know, talking about like the, the stars and, and whatnot, uh, first and, and foremost, I want to go back to Second Peter chapter 3, because you got to think, too, in the context of the first century church, many people thought Jesus was coming back during their time. That's right. They wanted him to come back before they, they died. And so as people that walked with Jesus were getting older and nearing the end of their lives, they started posing the question, where is Jesus? And so Peter, he covers this and he wants them to understand this when it comes to the return of Christ. That first and foremost, we aren't supposed to be concerned about the day that Jesus comes back. We are just supposed to patiently and eagerly await it. But here's what, what Peter says in Second Peter 3, verse 8 through 9. And I'll actually kind of go down a little bit from that as I talk, but... But it says, but beloved, do not forget this thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, that promise being to come back and get us, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the first thing we need to understand about what Peter is saying here is the reason that God has not come back is because there's still people that are repentant. There's still people that that will repent of their sin, turn to God and be saved and become a part of the kingdom of God. And we actually see as we read the book of Revelation, when we get into some of the more futuristic events, that actual return of Christ, the second coming of Christ, where, where uh, the world ends and new heavens and new earth are created, uh, the final stage of that right before destruction was that there was not one person in the world that would repent. People, people hid in caves and people cursed God and people blamed God, but there was not one person that repented of their sins. And, and so that's when the end happened. And, and so Peter says, first and foremost, God does not work on our time or in our ways or in our expectations that a day to him is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And so think about that. Like, uh, 2000 years is like two days. Uh, and, and really not even that he's just trying to put it in human terms. It's, it's more like a snap of the fingers 
to the eternal God. And, and, and so we can't sit back and say, well, it's been 2,000 years. He has to come back soon. He could. He could come back Saturday, and that'd be great. He could come back before I finish the sentence. He didn't have finished the sentence, but uh, so... Uh, but here's here's what the day of the Lord is like that Peter says, if you go down in verse 10 of Second uh, Peter 3, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And so what this tells me, I don't know about you, but... Most thieves, you're never going to know when they show up. That's why we have security cameras. That's why we lock our doors. That's why we put up a bunch of protection around our living quarters. Because when a thief shows up, we never expect it. It's a surprise. It's a big event. And that's so with Christians as well. We, we're not supposed to know the day. We're just supposed to know that we are in the end times right here, right now, and our mission is to lead people to Jesus so that way when he does show up, that they will hear those words, welcome home, my good and faithful servant, and not those horrible words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And, and here's the thing about the end times. We have been in the end times for 2,000 years. Ever since Jesus ascended to the heavens, and all the way to the time that he comes back. That is the end of ages. There's nothing more. That is it. And, and so our job as Christians during this time is to call people to repentance until no one will listen. And that's simply it. And so as long as I have breath in my lungs to call people to faith and repentance in Christ, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to freak out and try and figure out if September 23rd is necessarily true or not. I don't think it is. Uh, I'm not going to complain if it isn't because, hey, if I get to go be with Jesus on Saturday, uh, that's a whole lot better than being here in this world. I'll get to praise him and worship him. But we see we see a lot of astrology uh, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In fact, if you go back to the book of Daniel, uh, we, we see that there were a bunch of astrologers in Babylon, and Daniel was actually the chief of many of the astrologers. He, uh, yeah. he was put above all of these wise men and astrologers and magicians. In fact, uh, the magi from the east that you see in Scripture that are searching out Jesus. They're also called the wise men, but in some in some portions they're called the magi. What they were, they were astrologers that learned about the signs of God in the heavens. And I have no doubt that God puts his signs up there for us to see why, because he created it. And the heavens are like perfect clockwork. If you look at the stars, did you know if you went into star charts and uh, put in your calculations and went back 2,000 years, you could see where every star in the sky was 2,000 years ago. And if you want to see where the stars are going to be in the next 10 years, you can do that because it's perfect It's perfect math. All it is is, is putting in math 
and you'll see exactly where every star is going to be at any time. And, and so this was a sign that they were looking for. This is talking about a sign that the Magi would have been looking for to see the birth of the Messiah. How did they know to look up to the heavens and to see that that bright star that rested over Bethlehem? It's because they were already looking to the heavens, waiting for the time of the Messiah that's talked about in Revelation chapter 12. And so uh, you got to take the whole scripture into context as well. What could this be talking about? If it's talking about the past, where in the past are we supposed to look at this? And so these magi would have been directly influenced, not not uh, you know personally influenced, but directly influenced by a lot of the, the astrology from Daniel's time as well as God gave him visions and God gave him understanding and gave him teaching. And they were the ones to go out and follow this star all the way to the birth of Jesus. And there's a lot of things that I can talk about that star that aren't necessarily true, but are interesting. I won't bore you with all of those different things, uh, but but there's certainly a lot of interesting things when it comes to the, the stars and the placement of stars uh, in and around the time of the birth and and uh, adolescence of Jesus Christ uh, thousands of years ago. And, and so I think, I think when it comes down to it, we don't need to be worried about the 23rd, whether it is or whether it isn't. Because first off, as a Christian, that's nothing but gain. As, as we see in Philippians 121, to live as Christ, to die as gain. So sure. if we leave this world on the 23rd, uh, man, we are going to have one lit fall festival at New Hope That's right. <laughs> that, That's that night. If, if Jesus comes back and we're all hanging out at, at New Hope, man, uh, we're going to be praising God. If I hear those trumpets, uh, I'm going to jump up and down and I'm going to rejoice. If I don't hear those trumpets, I'm going to keep living for Christ. Yeah. It's simple Absolutely. as that. Absolutely. And I, I just want to kind of go off of what you've already mentioned. Uh, so, so John, I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 24 um, is the, um, the Olivet discourse. And it's where Jesus is talking about the end times. The, the disciples ask him a couple questions. One of them is what's the, you know, the, the signs of the end of the, the age and, and, when are you coming back? And and Jesus goes on this this long discourse of what all has to happen and all of that. And it's highly debated, but I think there's one really really clear thing um, in there um, that really tells me um, that Jesus probably isn't coming back um, on the twenty third, and it, it might not be what you think. And so uh, Matthew chapter twenty four. Um, starting in verse 13, says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, which is good news. Um, and I talked uh, to, to my church actually last night about this, um, not from this passage, but from another passage um, that, that talks about if you stand firm to the end, if you continue to the end, then you will be saved. Uh, it's not the standing firm that saves us. And so we, we need to be careful that we understand what, what Brother Chris has already mentioned, context. Uh, Jesus is not giving the, 
um, the dissertation on how to be saved at this point. He's just simply saying that if you stand firm, if you persevere, if you continue to the end, then you will be saved. Uh, the reason for that is because the perseverance is a fruit of the spirit um, that proves that you have been saved. Um, and so it's just a proof text or a, a proof um, example that, that you are saved. And then continuing on, Jesus said, in this gospel of the kingdom, so the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again, that he, uh, that he um, appeared to over 500, that he ascended to the Father. Now he sits at the right hand and has sent his Holy Spirit to indwell um, mankind, all who would believe that gospel will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I haven't looked in the last little bit, so these, these numbers might be a little bit off, but the last time I looked, there were still 6,000 people groups that have never heard the name Jesus. Um, and so if, if the gospel hasn't been preached to those nations, to those people groups, to, to, to those places, then Jesus will not come back because his promise to us is that his gospel will go where? To the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I had a, I dated a girl in high school and her dad was my uh, son, uh, like Wednesday night teacher or Sunday school teacher, one of the two, I can't remember. It's been a long time ago. I'm, I'm getting old. But um, one of the things that, that I still remember to this day that he would say very, very often is you never know when the last missionary is going to cross over the last hill to tell the last person the good news of Jesus, that person gets saved and Jesus comes back. That could happen Saturday afternoon. It could happen right now. We don't know that. Um, we've got a pretty good idea that, that we're not there yet. Um, and so we've got a lot of work to do. And so I agree with you, brother. Hoping that he comes back is a good thing. John himself in the book of Revelation said, come, Lord Jesus, come. I'm all with him. I'm with you, John. Come, Jesus, come. Um, but I'm also with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thy will be done. Um, because if I was to, to ask Jesus to come back now against his will, how many people who are going to end up in heaven wouldn't get there because they haven't had the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so my job and, and your job, they're to, to preach the gospel, to trust Jesus, and, and to understand that, that he's coming like a, a thief in the night. That, that when he comes, it's going to be like lightning in the sky. He's, he's coming, and when he's here, he's here. There's, there's no denying it. Um, it's not going to be somebody out in the wilderness saying that they're the Messiah, but when he comes, he comes. And from that point forward, we will be with Jesus. And, and I look forward to that day, and, and I would be happy if it was Saturday. I just think there are too many things in Scripture that point to the fact that that that's just not the day. And, and going on to that with that point, a little bit later in 
Matthew chapter 24, this is continuing in Jesus's words, the red letters, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the day of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in those days of the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. This is how it will be when the coming of the Son of Man. Um, two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other will be left. Um, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And so what we have to, what we have to understand from that um, is that Jesus is, is coming. We don't know the day. Nobody does. And if, if somebody tells you they know for sure, they're lying. And you can almost be assured that it, it's not going to be that day. Um, but what we do need to do is mm -hmm. to be ready for that day whenever it comes. And so, Brother Chris, I'm going to going to send it back over to you um, with that message, right. the message that we always need to be ready. Well, well, as a child, I used to think this, that if, uh, if I knew the day of the Lord, uh, if I predicted it, then it wasn't going to be that day since scripture said no one knows the day. And so, you know, as a scared little kid who wanted to to experience more life here in this world. And now as an adult where I'm, I've experienced life, I love my life here and I, I want to see things continue, but I also love Jesus more. And I know that that's the better place to be. But I used to, I used to say, Hey, Hey Jesus, I know it's today. <laughs> right. And, in a sense that I would be like, yeah, now he can't do it today. But, right. but overall, I, I think it's important for us not to predict, not to try and figure out the day, but to look at the signs and know that we are in the end times, whether that complete end is in our lifetime or our children's lifetime or our children's children's lifetime or even further down the line. Because here's what happens when we get into this, this time of predicting, this, this mode of predicting the end of the world. That day comes to pass, and 99.9% .9 of the time, it doesn't happen. I'm sure someday someone's going to predict the end of the world, and it will happen. But it's not because they predicted it. They didn't right. actually know. It's just going to happen when God says it happens. But, but uh, overall, what we need to do is not do that because it makes us look foolish. Yeah. <laughs> And people are like, oh, those those nut job Christians think the world's going to end again. And then the next day comes around and it doesn't end and Jesus doesn't come back. And then sometimes also it keeps us from being productive in our faith and, and in our calling because we're like, well, you know, it's going to end. Let's <laughs> right. just sit in our pews and not worry about the lost and dying world around us that when it does end, are going to hear those words depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And, and so we've got a mission. We don't got time to predict the end. The reason we have like the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation is not to predict the end, but to encourage us to continue to preach the gospel until the day of the Lord comes along. 
And so I encourage you all that listen to the Faith 168 podcast not to take heed of these rumors, not to take part of these discussions even with people and entertain the idea that the end will be on the 23rd or after the 23rd passes, whenever they're going to change the date, uh, because this has been done time and time again. And I want you to know this. Our job is just to preach Christ, nothing else. Not, not to be the warners of the exact day, but what, what we're called to do is to just warn people that there will be a day that Jesus returns. And if he doesn't return in our time, there will be a day that your life will end and you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you need to repent of your sin, put your faith in Jesus and be made whole. And so that's, that's what we're supposed to do. So, um, if we don't see you next Friday, man, it's been an honor uh, yeah, absolutely. doing this podcast with you, brother Rob. I say that facetiously, but right. uh, you know, no, not, not the part that it's been an honor, but you know, the part that we might <laughs> right. not have a podcast next week, but I, I, I do fully expect the last episode more willing if, oh, you just, this, this, is the last episode of Faith One Six Eight? Yeah, I hate that he. Made yeah, it. that's our title. That's our title. We just came up with it. The last episode concerning the end of the ages, uh, the end of the world. This is the end of the world as I know it. So yeah, but uh, I I encourage all of our listeners, um, even though I, I know we're kind of joking about this now, but not to take heed in it because. For the most part, if anyone ever says that they know the time and the day, uh, it is a joke. That is a joke. Even if they fully believe it, it's a joke because there's only one that knows the time. There's only one that knows the day. And Jesus himself said, who should be the ultimate authority on anything we believe, Jesus himself said, only the Father knows. So NASA doesn't know. In fact, NASA said, y'all need to chill out on all of this because the world's probably not going to end. Not that NASA's an authority on it because if God says it's going to end, it's going to end. And if the world does end on the 23rd and Jesus returns and we get to be with him, it's not because someone on TikTok told you. It's because that was his will. So uh, that's what I got to say. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I can't wait to be here uh, next week and continue on on another episode, even though this is the last episode of the Faith 168 podcast, according to the creators of TikTok. So, <laughs> uh, do you have any last words before we dismiss my brother? I do not. I think I think that's a, a great place to end. If it's all right, I'll, I'll pray us out. All right, we'll go ahead and dismiss us in prayer then, man. All right. Father, we thank you so much for this day, for all your many blessings, God. We thank you for uh, the the hope and the promise of your return, that we know one day that, that you're coming back and that you're going to set all things right. God, you're going to restore all of creation to its former glory, that, um, that on the new heaven, on the new earth, that we will be with you forever and ever, that you will wipe the tears from our eyes. 
God, that, that you will be our God and we will be your people from now into eternity. And, and we can't wait for that day. But until that day, we have a job to do, to go, therefore, to every nation, baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus, um, teaching them everything that you've commanded us, um, knowing that you are with us everywhere we go, um, that you never leave us or forsake us. And God, we just, we pray that we hold on to that hope, not cling to the, the hope that some somebody says that you're coming back sometime, but that you have promised us that you are coming back. And, and until that day, God, lead us by your spirit and help us to walk with you um, 168 hours of every week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page and we will see you in 168 hours.